0: And welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast for the first time ever coming to you via Zoom. So I'm here today with Jacob. Hello. Nick.
1: Hiya.
0: Lauren. Hi. And Paul. Hi. And we're, yeah, we're going to try and make this work recording over Zoom. We haven't done it before, but I think it seems to be working quite well already. So um, let's just... Go round and see how everyone's doing in lockdown. So, Lauren, ha- how's, how's lockdown treating you?
2: Um, I'm OK, actually. Um, I guess I'm in the fortunate category, if you want to class it as that. Some people might see it as unfortunate, uh, in that I am still doing a little bit of work outside the house, which is a bit of a novelty. Um, so that's quite good. Um, so, obviously, I'm a children and family worker for the Salvation Army, so um, we are running as a food bank um most of the time um so that allows me to get out of the house and do we're doing safe deliveries and things like that so I guess that's helping my sanity. Um but yeah I'm good.
0: Good. Good to hear it. Yeah. Jacob how you doing?
3: Yeah um I'm good. It's just it's it's such it's a limbo. It's like I always say it's like an episode of Black Mirror. I don't know if you've seen Black Mirror. But it's basically it's so random and inconceivable but it's actually happening so we've just got to deal with it well i'm in a position where i'm i'm at uni and i'm meant to be doing uni work uh gcse's have been cancelled a levels have been cancelled and all i've got is like an extra week to hand in my deadlines which is pretty nice but you know yeah i'm just getting on with it trying to get stuff done basically and then Hmm. i've got time to chill but it's like what what do i do to chill now because that's just what i
0: do all the time yeah yeah it's hard how you doing nick
1: yeah, yeah, I'm still at work as well Um, kind of so um my company's kind of split in half so half people have gone off on furlough and half are doing um, like 80% work so pretty much four day a week. So I'm still working kind of a four day a week. Um, but it's very different. My job generally is going out into hospitals. Um, or meeting distributors, neither of which I can do. So it's very difficult <laughs> to actually do my job, but mm. I'm still finding a way to change things going. So it's just a very, yeah, uh, just feels very peculiar. Um, I think everyone's kind of gets the same vibe. That's just a bit, it's a bit strange, really. And it's not really normal life as in uh, quotations, but we're getting by. Yeah, right, good. Paul?
4: Yeah, um, I've not been working since 17 days now. Only because I know what the date is from my computer because it's next to me. <laughs> I've lost all track of time really. Yeah. Um, but I'm in a house with my cousin and both of our girlfriends, so at least there's other people here to keep me entertained and yeah. so we don't go crazy. So it's not it's not too bad, and I'm not having to work, so you know,
0: there's yep. that. Playing lots of games. Yeah, probably too many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um I'm fairly similar so I'm still I'm still working with G21 but that's kind of only 18 hours a week um and then everything else is is not happening so I'm kind of stretching that a little bit to be um a bit more full time but um in reality it's not a full time role and I don't want to be putting huge pressure on myself to be you know working constantly. I think that it's weird that you see so many people doing really cool stuff all over the place and you are uh, well I feel a level of pressure that I think oh I need to be doing cool stuff as well because it was you know um in G21 that's the digital evangelism role really this is when it should be doing all sorts of things but yeah Jacob
3: yeah it's it's like um for me for like the first week it was a bit like I've got no idea what's going on and then it got to the second week of lockdown and I was like right I've got all this time now I need to just like, I need to do something with it. Like the first week I couldn't really get my head around what was going on, but then once I got my head around, like the whole idea, of, right, we are going to be stuck inside. I was like, I need, I want to do something which is going to help me once this is over. So I've just started like basically doing like online classes and stuff just to try and get my brain into gear and to give me some sort of order. So like I'll spend an hour a day, this is so random, but I'll spend an hour a day learning Spanish uh, I'll spend an hour a day doing like graphic design work and like video editing and stuff like that, and that's just like, it's it's so weird because I would I would have never taken the time to have done it if we didn't just stop like this. Mm. But again, it was a bit random, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it is very strange, I guess, the way that suddenly life has just changed, and we don't really have an end date on when when it's going to go back to to. Well, I guess. Uh, normal but uh, i guess we're going to be talking about that word normal a lot um coming up paul what have you
4: yeah i was just going to say i think it is the sort of not knowing that's the worst thing for me and being out of routine but not knowing when that's going to change because normally if you have like two weeks off work or even longer you know when you're going to come back to normal and i think the thing that's probably affected me the most is the not knowing when that's going to end
0: Hmm. yeah so actually you uh you've got the first question for us, Paul.
4: Yeah. So um my question is what are the things that you miss most about before in quotation marks which I can't do on a podcast? That was apologize.
1: Loads of things. Loads of things. Like even just simple stuff like so. on, the, on occasion that I've managed to get out and I've been into um do some work in that a hospital or um, an optician or something, just a handshake. It's just, it's really strange, but it's so natural for me when I'm meeting someone, meeting a friend a colleague, just to shake hands or, uh, or a hug, just things like that. But even, it seems like this, this the small amount of human interaction we do get is still not quite the full interaction. that like normally, that physical contact is a huge part of, of life, even if you're just kind of touching someone on the shoulder or, a, can stay shaking hands, or a, a hug or an embrace. But so it just feels like it's not. It's everything's in the it's in the back of people's minds all the time. Is that there's something else going on, and it still doesn't make normal normal. If you see what I mean. So I think for me, just that interaction with people, that natural interaction of just being able to do what you do, be yourself, express yourself how how you normally would. But that's that's kind of the, the biggest thing I'm missing. That and and football, but. Well, not
0: to hmm. to it yeah i get that and i think i've really noticed as well that alongside that um missing or just human connection and interaction um people are I, at the moment feel a lot more suspicious of each other for whatever reason so when like um i've been out for runs or like when you're going to like cross people like that there's no smiling at each other or anything people are just kind of like eyes down like like just making sure you're at a distance to each other, and I don't know. I feel like the whole world's just a bit hostile out there at the moment, which is a bit scary.
4: Um, yeah, I was to add to that, we were I was out walking um with my girlfriend the other day, um, and there's like this little sort of forest park near us um, that's got a lot of like woodland tracks and stuff. so you don't see many people, but there's a few points where we get to a crossroads at the same time as someone else so everyone's like oh we can't go close to each other but there's a crossroads how do we get across this and then you've got like a really weird standoff where no one wants to go near but then no one wants to be the one to stop and no one wants to talk to each other because we think we're going to get this virus from 10 meters away while shouting it's a really really odd scenario
2: that's really interesting though because i get that and i've seen that but then in other respects i've seen so much positive community as well coming out of it um so like strangely we've now got a street whatsapp group um and things like that and people are are, like engaging like across the street that we never really would have done um and yeah i just i think there's like two sides like some people are really embracing the community side of it and engaging with people from a distance it's kind of like i don't know whether it's like a safety net of okay they're not going to get too close to me so i can be friendly to them now um or what but then then you've got the other people who are like heads down. Let's not make any sort of contact.
3: Yeah, I like I like the idea of the fact that we've got a bigger sense of community in some aspects. I like we said with like the social media episode. Uh we've we're creating more communities online and stuff like that. Um I don't know if you saw i I've forgotten his last name, but the Tom, the army guy, he raised like twelve yes. million pounds yeah. for charity just but just by walking in his back garden. Like that sort of thing wouldn't have happened unless unless it's something like this sort of lockdown happened where we had to work like that
4: yeah i think that sort of links into kind of what nick said it's sort of about we miss the community we miss being face to face with people but the closest we can get right now is with an online sort of community Um, and then i think you see that and and also what lauren said about being next door i think looking at sort of people across the street and having a conversation with your neighbors that's the closest you can get to shaking hands with someone and that's what we're kind of drawn to. And I think a lot of people are drawn to community.
1: Um, yeah. Well, we're seeing the best and worst of humanity, I think. On on one hand, you're seeing, we're seeing panic buy-in and, and we're seeing people who are ignoring government advice because they want to see their friends and, and they want to see their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever and, and flouting that. But I mean, on the other hand, you're seeing people come together, raising 12 million quid for, you know, walking around the back garden, people who are going to work under really difficult circumstances with inadequate equipment but they're still got to do it to try and help everybody else so you seem like the a real polarity of of the best and worst of us aren't you? And, and to me the most that I've seen more good than bad um but it's been interesting that, that it's kind of highlighted that that those two kind of camps of where we're at as a society how we react to things the immediacy of the everyone going out and panic buying every man for himself and then suddenly it's kind of moved further well, actually we're kind of in this together and, and communities are out clapping for the NHS mm. together and doing things, you know, having a barbecue in the garden house to house. So you're away from each other, but you're still managing to interact somehow. So it seems like, yeah, we've we've veered one way and then we've very quickly kind of turned back around on ourselves and actually this is how things perhaps maybe should be. Um the stronger sense of community and being together and actually helping each other out rather than just looking after ourselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess um, what some of the other things that I miss, I, I guess, would be church. I mean, the actual physical meeting as church. I know we, we'll talk more about how church hasn't disappeared in this and how church has managed to reinvent itself or move where it where it exists. But, um, yeah, I, I do miss the physical being together of church. And um, as much as I think the digital stuff that's going on is amazing, it, it can also... Put a, a lot of pressure on people to step out of what they're what they're comfortable in doing face to face and do it in a completely different way like live streaming and yeah i think I, I as much as i love the fact that people are um pushing themselves out of their comfort zones and, and trying out new things with church and reaching new people through new forms of communication it, it, it is also taking its toll on people um going into places and having to do things that maybe they're not gifted for, maybe they're not, um, they don't want to be doing.
2: Yeah, I can totally sympathise with that. Um, our church has very much just kind of jumped in headfirst into the um, kind of online streaming. Um, and as part of my role, we've done like toddler church online and messy church online. And it's just, I'm missing that interaction and getting something back. And it's really made me, realize and appreciate how much even as a leader i get from being part of that church and having those relationships um because i literally feel ridiculous talking to a camera and you just don't get that same that same human connection um so i guess yeah i think i'm missing the same as you just being with people um and building those relationships in that way um, but I guess we've just had to find ways to do that differently. Um, and it's really hard because we've just had to do it without kind of the planning and the evaluation and the things that we would normally do if we were going to venture and do something new. We've kind of just had to jump in, which has been strange.
3: Yeah. On the other hand, I've I really, like, appreciated and admired the effort that churches have put in. So, like, Morley Salvation Army uh, is where I go and the amount of effort that's going in to get that live stream out and stuff like that. It's just to people that aren't experts in that field at all, they've just picked it up and gone with it. And then for another example, the Bible study group that I'm a part of, we do that over zoom and over Facebook. And it's like, there was such a novelty about it the first week, like, Oh, this is actually working. We're actually doing this. And then once we've just got used to doing it, now it just feels a bit more normal. If that makes sense, like making normal out of the normal, but yeah, it just, it just, it's gone from feeling like, oh, this this is a bit new, this is a bit quirky and hipster. And it's just like, we need this and it's, it's working, but we'll all get better while we do it as well.
0: Yeah. I think that leads us, I guess, into, into your question, Jacob, about, um, the current reality that we're facing ourselves. What, what was your question again?
3: Yeah. So my question is what, what are the main challenges for you right now? And what is causing you to worry? Like what is causing you to worry now as well? So for me, I'd, I'd say the main challenges for me it, it, it is my uni work really like on like as a, a physical challenge, but then mentally as well. It's when I, so when I come home from uni and I, I come back to Leeds, all I do is go out and see my friends. I will spend every night. My parents come back to this. I would go in the car every night and go see someone drive, go to a McDonald's, go to wherever just go and see people and interact with people. I don't see like that, that often and not being able to do that is It's so weird. Like, I can do it over, like, gaming and FaceTime and stuff like this and Zoom, but it's just not the same. So, like, my main challenge for me is keeping in contact with everyone and keeping my morale high around that, like, feeling like I'm with people.
1: If that makes sense? Yeah, I think it's um, from I'll probably quite similar, Jake. I spend my life around people that I work with. I meet different people every day. Um, usually in the evening, they'll be busy doing something or seeing people or, uh at rehearsal or at training or going to the gym or just there's always people around all the time um whereas at the moment i find myself by my own a lot of the time and i always thought i quite enjoy my own company for the most part that's true and i spend quite a bit of time away when i'm at work and that's fine for a night but when you enter day four or day five where you're in the house for eight hours on your own you start to learn quite a lot about yourself um and i, I think I'm i'm sort of in a in a uh, place where I'm, I'm already doing quite a lot of learning about myself, particularly over the last year or so. Um, but this has kind of amplified it and suddenly I'm finding myself, well, this is what I, re- I didn't realise. I relied on this or I didn't realise that I would really missed this, that or the other. But I am doing. Um, so I think for me, the m- main challenges of uh, fighting myself a lot of the time, is of trying to think of um, ways of, of not just being ridiculously productive, which was the first week of doing this I was just I had a list of things that I want to do in the house I just went through all of them um, spent days doing things and then when that runs out you start to think well I've not got those things to do to hide behind uh, it's just me and me so what am I going to do about that so uh, it's kind of been an opportunity for, for growth for me which has been really really positive but um, it's been a bit sticky sometimes as well because it's quite it's, it can be quite difficult when you're in those wrestling matches with yourself um, and trying to figure out what it is that's you know ticking away behind behind the scenes so um it has been, it's been a lot of learning but and that'd and be um it'd be foolish to pretend it's been really really easy because um, it's been difficult to say that human interaction is what i've spent my life you know doing day in day out so um so yeah it's been a bit of a, a bit of a mixed bag for me really i think it's positive come from it but the positives come through challenging situations
2: yeah i totally agree nick I think, well, I'm finding the hardest is the uncertainty around things and that word just keeps going around in my head it's kind of the uncertainty of when is this going to end the uncertainty of what does this mean for me as a person Uh, massively kind of the uncertainty of is what I'm doing in my job role and in my that kind of thing is that right am I doing what I should be doing should I be doing something different like it's and everything just feels like it's even though we've all kind of taken a step back, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like everything's just kind of 100 miles an hour. Like, I just, all days are like blurring into one and that kind of thing. And it's just kind of that uncertainty of not not knowing whether I'm coming or going, really. That, I think that's what's worrying me the most in answer to your question, Jacob.
4: Yeah, I think um, my mind's quite similar to that. Um, when I looked, when I said that I've been uh, I've been off now for 17 days, I looked at the day I was like wow has I really been 17 days because I've just been not really doing anything um I've caught up on a lot of rest and the first I uh, probably the first two weeks which could just come past that now but the first two weeks was quite fun just a bit of a holiday um just able to kick back and uh the opposite of what Nick did really um I've just being able to go and you know chill out and play some video games and all my friends are off at the same time, so I can play some online video games with my friends and catch up with some friends I've not spoken to for a while, uh, or some that I do. Me and Ed have played quite a lot of video games this last two weeks, um, and then I've got to this point now, and I'm thinking, what what should I be doing? Surely I can't do this for another three weeks or another however long this lasts. I can't I can't just be sat here playing video games. for well, I probably could, but I probably shouldn't. And there's probably a lot of things that are a lot healthier for me. Um, So I guess the the main challenge for me now is what should I be doing? Um, And the worry is how long can I not do anything without going insane? So trying to find that a little bit quicker Um, because I feel like there's more that I could be doing to help, but I don't have a clue what that is right now.
1: It's probably a nice balance somewhere, Paul, between me and you, I think, in in the middle. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I think the thing I've struggled with most is just this thing of being in the same space all the time and uh, I've, I've really had to be quite strict that when I'm working I'm in I'm in this room here in the office and then when I'm resting I go through and I'm in a different room and I'm lucky that we live in a place where we can do that um but even then just like i I'm not sleeping well at all really uh, because you get to the end of the day and I just think what have I actually achieved today like what have I done? I haven't been out anywhere. And um, I struggle enough with that when life is normal and work, when working from home, just getting to the end of the day and not wanting to go to bed because I feel like I haven't gone and done anything because I've stayed home and worked. Um, so it's figuring all that out and working out what routines work. Um, the morning alarm has become an utter joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, it is hard. Lauren, you had the next question for us.
2: I did. Um, so I was just wondering, because it's been kind of going around in my head quite a lot recently, um, about what are the lessons that we as people, we as a community, we as a church, um, however whatever angle you want to take it, like what lessons are we being taught during this? Um Cause there's just, I feel like, like we were talking, um, about the two extremes of society that we've seen, like Nick said, there's so we're like, we're seeing so much, so much has been exposed. And I just feel like there must be lessons that we're learning from this. Um, and kind of what, what are your key lessons as a, as an individual that you kind of are focusing on at the minute?
0: I think one of the, um, the key lessons for me is like personally, uh, I've learned that the reason I'm not reading all those books and getting all that stuff done isn't because I don't have time (laughs) in normal life. Yeah. That, um, that excuse has completely gone out the window. Um, so it's, yeah, I guess I'm uh, learning a little bit about how I prioritize and what actually is important to me. Um, what I, yeah. So yeah, like Nick, Nick was talking earlier about learning a lot about ourselves. And I think, for a lot of people that this will be a time where we learn a lot about ourselves but but i guess uh, in terms of g21 and um well i've been working with different churches and talking about their live streaming and how they um how they can do it and it's been amazing um seeing people from churches that a few months ago i would never have expected an email in my inbox from that church saying we want to set up a live streaming thing for our services what's <laughs> So uh, that's been really cool, um, and I think I've learned a lot about what what it means to do church online or to, um, I guess, offer church things online and about digital community, and I guess the first thing is that it's so easy to get sucked into this statistics game of digital work, and so I've had so many people say to me, "Well, uh, well, we're not getting that many views on it, or or that those sort of things. And I just think that as soon as we put something online, we we expect it to be like, you know, those hit things on YouTube and that's our metric of success. It's can we get into the millions of, of, of views? And actually um, quite a lot of the time I've, I've looked at what those people are doing and they've got maybe 30 people watching, but those 30 people are engaging and having conversations and doing community. And I just say that, that's our metric of success in this. It's are people communicating with each other? Are they building relationships and community? And if you're doing that online, that, you've got to tick that, that off as a success. Don't always be chasing the huge numbers because I, I think for, I would say 90% of churches shouldn't be chasing huge, if not more, huge numbers on this.
2: Yeah, because I, um, I think we talked about it quite a bit on the social media thing about the fact that our brains are programmed um to kind of get that little that little like or that little uh love heart or whatever um and I think it, it's made me realize how kind of addicted some of us are to that um and actually what what is the purpose of what we're putting out there um is it to get all those views and all those things because actually that's not worship then is it um so yeah it's just it's really interesting to see the lessons that have come out of trying to do church online definitely
3: for me i've I really um i've really struggled to i really struggle to see lessons like in the moment so like i really like so in hindsight it's when this is all over i was like oh yeah i learned that from this oh oh yeah i learned that from that but now i'm just like i'm just trying to get through every day so like once i get through the days mm-hmm. i'll probably find something good at the end of it but um, I'm um, Spanish lessons. I mean, if that counts, but I, I don't think that's like the moral of the question. So,
2: so basically, Jacob, we need to ask you this question in six months' time.
3: Yeah, in ask me six months' time in Spanish. <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> I'll it in Spanish, see, see. Well, no.
1: I mean, provided for me, provided uh, a couple of things. Really. One is a, a huge space for um, self-reflection, which is something I've I've never been very good at, but I'm trying to get a lot better at particularly. Uh, as I say, over the last few months. So I'm just intentionally thinking about things more. Um, But the other thing I'm learning is that as a church, I think we're um, a long way behind where we should have been. Um, I think um, there's been an opportunity to do this kind of stuff online for a long, long time. And I don't think we've um, really picked up on it and run with it until we've had to. Um, for whatever reason that is, I'm not really sure why that is, but I think there has been a big um, opportunity missed, really, that this could have been business as usual, really, but instead it's been something that we've had to pick up and quickly run with and change um, to adapt, which I think would be positive in the long run because it's something that we can bring in alongside what we're already doing. But um, as it stands, yeah, it's just been kind of a little bit of scrambling around and getting ready on the way. So I think it'd be a positive thing in the long run, but I think I've learned that quite quickly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think the other thing we've seen as well with with churches, um, so many churches are doing online stuff now that I feel like before all this happened, church online looked very glitzy. Um, it looked very, um, very. I guess it was all those big mega churches that had um, amazing sound system and big light shows and church looked very different online to what it looked like in my community. Yeah. um and it's been really cool now seeing church online looking raw looking um not like a group of supermodels with instruments um and uh, yeah i think it's been yeah it's been really cool just having a really kind of not polished church online people just being people um yeah so that's i think that's something we can definitely learn from uh going forward that if like what we're putting out on, onto digital space maybe that doesn't have to look like a hollywood movie um maybe there's some some thought, level of authenticity that we've discovered in all this
3: and there's some there's on some level as well like there's a lot of links to like the social media episodes so if you have not listened to it go listen to it but um there's like the whole introvert and extrovert thing like there's going to be a lot more introverted people who are more comfortable to join the sort of church online and who can inc- interact with a church online just from like watching the live streams of my church, there's people that are commenting all the time and like the same with the Bible, so there's people that are getting more involved than they would if they were face-to-face and that's that's bringing out more opportunities to bring them closer to God and bring us closer to God and bring us closer together as a group.
2: And I do wonder if that's like a generational thing um, with the whole like Gen Z being more comfortable in a digital, dig, I can't speak, digital sphere. Um, so... Yeah, I do wonder if that's like a, whether we're gonna reach a new generation um, of new believers because of this, maybe.
4: I think I am quite impressed with how many people who I wouldn't, like I'd said, wouldn't associate with technology at all, have like absolutely dived into it. And now that it's the only option, have really embraced it. And um, I think it's quite encouraging for me to see people going completely out of their comfort zone, sort of in a reverse to, like we said, people more our age are more comfortable behind the screen um, I think it's, it is for me anyway quite encouraging to see people that are pushing themselves out of their comfort zone and stepping into a younger person's world or into a,
2: mm.
4: a world they're not comfortable in because it's still important to reach people
2: yeah because I think they're like some older people who might not have appreciated the use of technology before and now not necessarily seeing it as this lovely luxury that, oh, well, that's nice, but it's not for us, are actually seeing that this is part of our lives and this actually brings so many positives and can enrich your life as well. Um, yes, I feel like it might close the gap a little bit. Who, who knows?
0: Uh, do you guys see any kind of level of danger for the church um, coming out of this that we might uh, lean too heavily the other way and rely too much on technology and lose something of that physical element? What do you guys think about that?
4: Yeah, I think I can see it becoming a sort of, you don't have to get involved because you can just sit behind your screen and not actually join together in real life, which I do think is the preferred option. Um, it does reach more people and it makes it easier for people further away or people who can't get out or are uncomfortable with it. But I think there is a real element of, a, a real importance to, to sort of getting together and sharing in face-to-face community. And I think that's a, a a better option i would say
2: yeah and i think um i think as a church we've got a responsibility to whatever messages we are putting out currently is that we don't just talk the talk we walk the walk as well um because we don't we don't want to encourage kind of that that passive listening that that you were talking about paul we want to encourage people to be mobilized and do you know what I mean get involved roll their sleeves up and and share the gospel and do what Jesus did um so I guess the messages that we're putting out need to be encouraging that I guess
1: I've got a slightly controversial question to ask um in that has anyone seen much of a difference between church online and church um in the physical and traditional sense in in the fact of how i mean if for me over the years i've seen church be going on a sunday sitting for an hour and a half leaving and that's church so my my question really is is anyone seeing anything any different with it being online because that's kind of it's a much so much as we're just in a different place like if, if there's not that impact that we that you were describing there, Lauren. If that wasn't there in the first place, are we doing anything different? I and mean, if so, then it really doesn't endanger the church because it's just, it's just exactly the same as it was.
3: I think there's a good opportunity there. To I, I think digitally, it has the church has the digital church has to be secretary to the physical church, but the things that we can do with a digital church can be so unique and different to what we can do at a physical church. So we could take. We could take some of the important aspects and highlights and we can put them on social media and bring the church together at different times. So say if, we, say if you uh, have live stream the a Sunday morning meeting on Sunday, we then take the sermon out, make it as a podcast, put it out on a Wednesday night. That's another way for people to engage with the church. Uh, Bible studies that we do, they can do different age groups on different nights or different themes on different nights. There's so many ways digitally that we can get involved with the church. I think as long as it all leads back to God and it all can lead to some sort of physical church, if they're able, I, I think that's fine.
4: Uh, yeah, F- for, for me, in response to what you said, Nick, about um, whether it needs to be sort of in person or if there's any difference, I think you're right in that if all it is is an hour's full sorry, where we just go and sit in the same room and pretend to be good, for an hour, um then yeah, there is no difference um and you may as well not waste the travel time for it, so it would be better online um but I think it does come back to what Jacob said about whether it's centered around God and you the kingdom building whilst doing the rest of that
0: yeah, I think for me, I do feel a real sense of loss in um what church is at the moment um because. Like so, all of our midweek program is is, is kind of been scrapped. Um, so we still do Bible study on a Tuesday night. And I think, you know, that works. It works well for what it is. And it's it's good that we can still meet and uh, engage in fellowship. But if you kind of gave me the option of us meeting together or that, I would very much choose to be actually together in the same place. Um, also, like our kids club, some of the community work that we do that is, uh, now deemed non-essential because it's not food or residential care, uh, that's all had to stop. And yet, I think those relationships were hugely important um, to the church. And um, I think that actually, like, it's it's so difficult. When when all this started, we had to fill in this document where we had to rank how important each of the different bits of program we we run are. And that was such a heartbreaking document to do, because given the criteria that they that we were um so much of our our um program was deemed not important at all, and yet I personally put huge importance on those bits of program because they allow us to build relationships and um and build community where we are and I think that that's can't be understated as a physical thing um as much as i love i'm I'm a big i'm a big fan of doing digital work and digital evangelism and i think that we we can certainly do much better um and learn a lot from this situation going forward but i i would say never at the expense of physically being together
2: yeah i totally agree with you edward it absolutely broke my heart when we filled exactly the same document in and from that day i vowed that i wasn't going to let anybody tell me what was and wasn't important um because I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't important was kind of my headspace for that um and that's been really hard because then it's it's taken a lot of brain power and energy and (laughs) not arguments that's not the right word but kind of justification um to to try and um put energy into those things that I thought were important like those relationships that you were talking about Um, with parents and with children and it's been such a challenge but we've tried so so hard to try and keep keep keeping contact in some form um but I feel like at the minute it's a a needs must kind of thing like I'm doing it to to keep those relationships and to um to try and build on those at the minute but this isn't sustainable and it's not something that Necessarily will continue when we can all get back together. Does that make sense? Like, I I feel like it's just a bit of, like Jacob said earlier, it's just limbo. Like, it's just like, let's just hold the fort for now and then let's get back to normal.
4: Yeah, I think it's a really weird situation where sort of the people who are in charge don't value church in the same way that we value, or some of the people, at least the government as a whole, because they're not related to a religious organization. It's not deemed necessary a lot of the stuff that we would do that is missional and that is kingdom building. Um, and it's really hard to weigh that against health. in I guess in a, in, from a Christian point of view, both are equally important, spiritual health and physical health. Um, but a lot of the priorities that we would set normally, I think one of the things that annoyed me when we sort of, before more, more before the actual lockdown, but things about coronavirus coming out and they started to go into measures. I saw quite a few people ask to close everything, and we need something right now. We need to stop doing what we're doing, and it's not important. We should be doing it, and that makes me think. Well, if you don't think it's important, why are we doing it? If you don't think that what we're doing is essential to God's work, what what's the point of doing it in the first place? Um, if people don't want to go and they want a week off, of they want a permanent break from it, is there any point in restarting it? And I think that's maybe where what Nick's saying might come into play when we open back up again and people might start to think well actually did did we miss doing this did anyone miss doing this and what i think it might lead us to think a little bit more about what's what's kingdom building and what's actually god's work and what's just what we do in as a sort of a social club more than anything else
2: totally agree
1: it's difficult because on on the one hand um because i'm seeing like the way that Ed and Lauren, like you said, the way that you guys do church is different to a, a traditional sense of of church, as far as you know, Sunday um, Sunday morning worship. So on on the one hand, I can see that, and and for me in in church, sort of Sunday church, part of uh, part of the beauty of it is in the it's um, kind of the the relationships the way you're thrown together with a lot of people that you would never normally hang out with, people who are 60 years older than you and 20 years younger than you Um, and you're kind of all in this place, there's not a lot in common apart from from the fact that you uh, both um, confess the same beliefs and that, that poses a really difficult uh, and a really uh, challenging environment to try and work on how do I get along with these people? Do I need to get along with these people? Am I, does relating and interacting with them grow me spiritually because they, you know, they're great on, they are, because we get on really well. Um, so you miss all of that on digital church because it's so, it's very uh, internal, isn't it? It's very just me and that's it. So on the one hand, you miss all that out, but. On the other hand, you've got, um, I work from home and, and my office is in Windsor, so I'm 200 miles away from my office. Um, but I speak regularly to uh, my boss and the the sales director and, and what have you, the, um, at the office down south. So if I need motivating, they can pick up the phone, they can get on Skype, they can do that, send me off out of my way and I'm out and I'm going fired up and I'm selling stuff. We can do that with church, we can do that remotely. We don't need to go, like Paul says, don't need to travel you know 10 minutes half an hour an hour to do a building to do that so you've got those two kind of opposite ends really one one hand we really don't need it because we can do what you know what we've what we we're just saying there remotely but on the other hand you miss out on that really it's like a, a really beautiful thing where you chuck together with a lot of people and, and not really expected to get on but just expecting to interact and there's so much learning that happens in that space particularly for me um because i know sometimes i can be I can be difficult to get along with um so on the other hand <laughs> paul's nodding vigorously um <laughs> on the other hand um i'm sure people are thinking the same thing so we're all kind of hopefully going in the same direction that we we're trying to learn to get along or, or manage those relationships and, and we're growing as a result of it so i i don't really have got uh, a, a real answer to to the question i think it's very difficult unless we just split those two bits up and do church in segments
4: yeah i think it, i think it comes back to the fact that we all need community and like you say whether we split those up and just do a would you do a sunday morning worship with no community and then we'll all meet up for a coffee in in the midweek or after the after the normal normal church in again speech marks that i can't do on a podcast but i did not realise. um I don't know, yeah, but I think we 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 need that community and I think that's what we really miss doing even doing like a Zoom conference where I can see all of you right now, the actual face to face and I can give you a handshake, like you said. I think that we we miss there's that a lot more there. than
0: yeah. I think it rages it rages it raises huge questions about what church is in the first place and uh what what should our aim be as church and uh there's There's a writer called Alan Hirsch who talks a lot about mission and church, and he uses lots of fancy long words. But um, and he's got this this formula that he he calls it, which is um, it it goes uh, Christology, missiology ecclesiology um and those basically means you start they with christ are long words. they are long words but but what they mean is really simple and this is his kind of order of where our priorities should be so it should be we center everything in the person of who christ is who jesus is and then from then we talk about mission and we say okay what is god what is christ doing in our world and then church should be born out of mission if that makes sense so Church should always be born out of what God is doing in our church in our communities already, so for a lot for a lot of contexts we've done it the other way round we've said, okay we've got this model of church we're going to plant that somewhere, and then we'll go and do mission. whereas Alan Hirsch says actually that is the complete opposite direction because that just means we're replicating churches all over the place he um he's he comes up with this idea well he didn't come up with it. he rediscovered it he um he he says that what we need to be doing is finding out what is god what is God doing in our community what what is the good things that are happening there and then actually from that ground up we should see church springing and that would give us church that's different in all our different contexts and I wonder whether um that model seems like it applies more post this than um Yeah, than the the previous one of replicating this traditional set of programme.
3: I think, like, we can all agree that everyone's lives are going to be changed forever after after this. So that means we've all got new ways that we can do stuff and uh, potentially it starts with new beginnings. Why not at the end of this, we we are uh, the church, churches just take a look at themselves and like Paul said, let's evaluate what's what's important. Then we can also discover right what what can be on a digital church, and then what what still needs to be at the physical church as well. And we can and then it's a great opportunity to essentially just restart, start afresh again. Like it's I'm not gonna lie, it's grim. Like this whole experience is disgusting, and being in it is not nice. But when we get out of it, the other side, there's going to be so many new things and new ways to appreciate. I just think there's so many things that we can do when this is over and. we we won't do the same again. Do
1: you think that's because that that requires quite radical thinking, there, really, doesn't it? It requires an, an overhaul of everything that we've done previously. Um, yeah. Do you think that's likely? Is my question. Um, and I, I really want to say, I, I love the radical, and I like, I really like forward thinking and it's a per like you say it's the perfect time we've almost hit reset haven't we? we're we kind of looking at community we're looking at church looking at how we do things looking at how we do business uh looking at how we interact with each other and we're realizing that we actually miss seeing each other that even because we've never had to do this before so there's all these things where we can just go right we've got we've got a blank canvas now we can start again is that going to happen
0: i think it's a good question and do i think it's likely in the short term no but I think it's inevitable because the church in the in the West is facing huge decline, frankly. And you know, in twenty thirty years, where are we going to be? Um, I think church that doesn't work in this context in this age is are, are, they're going to die out, and the churches that adapt are going to survive. Um, and I think that that radical rethinking is what is what we need to do within church. Otherwise, and I think that is what we will do in, um, inevitably uh but i think it's going to be uncomfortable for lots of places
4: um yeah i think um it does it gives us a really good opportunity for um reflection now and i think it's really important that we sort of use that and and push what i'd saying about moving mission to work differently to how it is i don't think that um it's alan hirsch i've remembered that right yep um I don't think that works. I don't think it's one hundred percent the only thing. and I think the church does offer a lot now, in the way that it has worked, um, but I think we should be going a lot more in that direction. To thinking more missionally, even if you were to plant the church in a new area first and then work missionally from there, um, I think there's a, a much more efficient way that it could look than what we do at the moment. And whilst it seems unlikely that we'll go all the way, there's never going to be a better opportunity than what we're facing now to look back. On what we do and to plan forward for what's going to happen when we reopen our doors and hopefully get out into the community and focus more on what what is needed yeah like following on from that the only way I, I i just
3: in response to nick i just there's not going to be a flick of the switch and it's all going to change i know it that's just not going to happen but i think just the opportunity to do these small little things each step at a time and like like ed said in the short term It's probably not going to happen. But if we think long term, which is what the church has to do, once all these small little things start coming into place, it'll start aiming towards a bigger and better picture. So like like was saying, churches he never thought would go to G21 for help. They're now going to G21 for help. So that's just the small steps that they're taking to narrow themselves towards that further end goal of where are we going?
1: Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. I think the um, it, there's a lot of positive, as I say. I think, uh, what, going back to what I said earlier, um, if this experience has, has taught me a little bit about the church is that we kind of reacted a little bit too late. So if if this, I guess if we're listening to. I guess we, the conversations to be had with with church leaders, and and I guess those that are listening to this might be interesting to hear what you guys are uh, thinking about it, but. If if we are going to put these things in place, like Ed was saying, you've very much got to evolve our die situation, and if you if you don't change quick enough, you're gone, um, and and that's a, a real shame because I know there's a lot of churches, a lot of people who've got a, a real heart for doing good things, but I think we've got to do it in a relevant and a, and in the right way. So, I'm trying to think of of ways that we can do that the other side of this that kind of thinking needs to happen now not the other side of this because then you're two three five six ten weeks too late um so i think it's, it's a really good time whilst we've got this time like paul was saying where we start thinking you know what am i going to do today um maybe some of these conversations can be had between ourselves as church members between church leadership as to what we're going to do the other side of this to make things uh more available digital to read to read uh sorry to reach a wider audience and to to kind of keep look after the flock in a maybe a little bit different different way
0: i think as well it's it would be tempting now to assume that the answer to all the church's problems are digital solutions and i don't think that's the case either that the church needs to evolve in lots of ways i think digital is one of them uh, but I, I'm very aware at the moment of all the families that, um, interact with our church that just don't have Wi-Fi at home. And maybe one of the parents has a data package on their phone, but that's minimal. Um, and you know, we, we know from months of experience with people that they, they're always saying to us, oh, I've run out of data for this month. So I can't, I'm not picking up your Facebook messages or your WhatsApps. Um, yeah. So some people are connected, but actually especially I feel this as the Salvation Army, that we've got this real heart for the last, the least and the lost. Um, how how do we make sure that wherever we're going as a church, we we remain accessible and we remain for those people that are on the margins of society?
1: I think that links into what you were saying about how you actually do church. Though, Ed. I think that the way that you guys are operating is very different to um to to what my experience of church has been and we touched on this in a couple of um of episodes before I mean I've lived a very privileged life so you know it's been and I've had a really nice run so my experience of church has been a group of essentially middle class people all in in the same building together um so I guess how how your church is operating would dictate how then you'd have to evolve and I think you're right I think sometimes we can say well we've not done this and we've not kept up with the, the times and what have you and, and digital's the answer you're right it's not entirely the answer at all there's there's a lot of other facets of, of church and church will never be perfect we know this um, but I think it's a it's a big part of um, our lives the technology we use all the time and particularly the, the lives of those that a young will make part of the church in the future in the next five and ten years we've got to engage on that platform as well because if not we, we're we not relevant
2: yeah and I guess the important thing to remember is that yes there are lots of lessons that the church is going to learn from this um but even if the small lesson is just that change is okay and I I really feel like this whole pandemic situation has kind of equaled out I know it won't equal out completely but like equaled out in the that this doesn't discriminate against certain groups of people or anything like that it's this this has affected everyone and actually I think some people would think well the church can't become part of society and can't become part of the world and yes we don't want to be of the world but we need to be in the world and actually even if if that's the main lesson that, as a church, we learn is that we've we 've got to be in the world with them to help them understand what else is out there for them um, That would be my kind of prayer for this whole situation
0: uh, yeah, I guess uh, the other thing is that we well I, one of my favorite things to talk about is the kingdom of God and the, and I love that kind of kingdom theology and God bringing about his kingdom now in, in our communities. And when we look at digital space, I feel the need for it at, there as much as anywhere. Like the Internet can be a dark place. It can be a really difficult place. And we know the the multiple studies on people's mental health that um, social media addiction can have. Um, actually, I think social media and the Internet is as much need, in need of the redeeming power of christ as anywhere so to be part of that journey of god establishing his kingdom digitally as well is a is a huge calling and, and a huge privilege um I, okay i think we're we're kind of reaching the end now so i've got one article which i'd quickly like to get your opinions on just to finish up so um recently I think it was, it, yes, yeah, Sky News re- released an article saying only 9% of Britons want life to return to normal once lockdown is over. What do you think of that? Do you want life what, to return to normal?
2: What is normal?
1: Yeah, the way it was before I'm guessing is what they, they deeming normal in, in that sense. Um, I would like life to be back how how it was before to be honest well just in the sense of i'm not trapped in my house um (laughs) so but i think like i said i think if i can pick some things out like those that strong sense of community that we find in the fact that we're actually valuing um people who are uh, working in supermarkets that are working in the nhs that those those people are receiving the rightful value in in society that's important Um, And I'd like to keep those bits, I guess. So I suppose, depending on how you look at it, no, I don't want life to return to normal if we're going to ignore all the things that we've learned. But yes, I would like to leave my house and go and see my friends, please.
4: I think there's a a real, um, a really weird trend where people have seen that, like, the world's healing itself incredibly quickly. And there's, like, pictures of, like, in Venice, um, the waters are clear for the first time. Um, in like tens hundreds of years Um, and all around the world people are seeing that that um, sort of wildlife is sort of thriving in this because we're not breaking it (laughs) really really badly so in that in terms of how we treat the world and how we treat each other I think I don't want the world to go back to how it was but in terms of my own personal life and seeing friends and family and stuff then yeah, but I think there's the caveat that it needs to be with a, a different outlook.
3: I don't think we should go back to normal either because there's there's going to be such an appreciation of everything that we do post-COVID-19. Like, I'm just imagining the first time that I go see all my friends again, that first hug, that first handshake, uh, the first time a football match is back, the first time I go back and watch football first time i go to the cinema again the first time i go to a restaurant The first time i go to nando's or any restaurant any restaurant but i would like a nando's please just the first time you're doing things again you're going to look back in like 23 years and say i remember the first time i went to xyz after COVID 19 and i remember how good it was and how good the feeling was of being together and doing those things that we just take for granted so i think there's going to be a lot more appreciation for everything hopefully fingers crossed
0: yeah, I agree with you Nick. Can we have all the good and none of the bad? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ideal well. world.
2: Yeah, and I guess I agree with that. Um it would be I just I just hope that we that we hang on to that um feeling of little things. Um the, having extra time with family and yeah, just those small things that yeah, are just precious. I just hope that we we don't get back into a rut of it is my hope
0: well thank you listener for enduring all this with us i hope that it sounds okay and you can make out what we're saying um we do want to hear your thoughts as well actually um we'd love to hear how you're finding lockdown how you are responding to church in lockdown and what lessons you think we should learn from all this uh but until next time that's been us bye bye